Welcome to Study Buddy, meditation philosophy for the heart of your practice. This is a live online discussion of ancient yogic texts amongst meditation practitioners in the Shambhavananda Yoga tradition. My name is Acharya Satyam, resident teacher at Konalani Yoga Ashram in Hawaii, and I welcome you with love and respect. So, let's get started. Okay, how's it going, Shoshone? If y'all want to, at some point tonight, drop your names in the chat box, it'd be fun to be able to see who we got there. I'll meet y'all soon, but for now, it's, it's cool to... But let's start. Let's get this recap underway. Let's get a little meditation under our belt. And then we're going to write. Uh, it's it's a really wonderful opportunity to be able to create and write from this inner space and have it be informed by something real. Um, dharana 4 is, is sort of our last dharana um, on the breath for now. The first four dharanas are all centered around the breath and the pause between the breaths. Um, and Dharana 4 sort of sets us up to be able to sort of lean into the pause a little bit, but to expand that space of the pause, as Swami Muktananda tells us, we need to pay more attention to the flow of our breath. It's not just about holding the pause to expand it. That's sort of like backwards. It's if we are able to feel the breath more fully, the, the pause itself starts to fill out. So for example, in this quote from Swami Muktananda, the state of stillness, which occurs when the syllables merge inside and outside is natural kumbhaka. You don't have to make a deliberate effort to hold your breath because as you practice hamsa, the time of the suspension of breath begins to expand. The duration of the kumbhaka increases naturally. So the space between the breath is sort of like a holy grail moment. It's a moment that really does take you somewhere. It really does transport you. It really is a glimpse into your a depth of your practice. But to get there, we have to naturally expand that space. Um, and to do that, we have to relax and allow our breath to naturally expand as well. Um, the perspective, sort of the, the way that we talked about getting there, um, had to do with this approach about our nervous system. The idea that our, our nervous systems are somewhat revved up, whether we know it or not, um, and that every ding of your phone actually gets you in your nervous system. And that when our nervous system is sort of engaged, when our sympathetic state is, is on, when we're in that work mode, when we're just getting things done, a lot of our biological processes go on hold, such as you know digestion, cellular repair, et cetera. When those biological processes go on hold because we're sort of in a state of stress, uh, yeah, we might get a lot done, but the dishes in the sink uh, metaphorically start to pile up. And eventually this, as the article was talking about, um, has this negative effect on our on our biology, you know, in the form of disease, it says heart disease, depression, sleep deprivation, chronic fatigue, etc. And so in terms of our dharana, the dharana concluded by saying this space between the breath is, is difficult to feel for the impure. Who are the impure? All of us. When we sit down to meditate, meditation is what purifies us. So when we all start, we're all a little impure. We're all coming from this revved up state. And so if we can take time to down-regulate, down-shift the nervous system, you know, then that's going to allow the breath to flow in a more relaxed way. It's going to allow us to slow down the breath more naturally and expand that pause without any arbitrary effort. And this led us to this final quote here from Shambhavananda, where he emphasized over and over the practice of breathing a little bit slower, breathing a little bit lower. Um, relaxing, releasing, drawing the breath and the energy down. Um, and this is what he's been emphasizing to us for uh, literally on a weekly basis for the last year and a half. Um, the approach that we sort of put into place to explore this more fully 
had to do with starting to look at the yogic traditions, uh, almost like the koshas of, hey, it's hard to slow down your breath. It's hard to just stop in the middle of your day or even at the end of your day and just say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to feel that pause. I'm going to move a little slower. You got to sort of go a little bit wider in perspective, slow down your body, slow down your movement, let that slow down your breath, let that slow down the pause and then experience something. So there you go. Um, Dharana four in about five minutes. And so now we're going to do a little bit of movement together. Do a little bit of breathing and then let that guide us into our meditation just like we did last week. So if you don't mind, you don't need a yoga mat and you don't need special clothes, but we are going to move a little bit, sort of start to get those layers worked down. And so we can start with a, um, a rocking from foot to foot. Go ahead and close your eyes. If if your balance is a little shaky, keep them open, of course. But just let your weight shift from foot to foot. I noticed that the, the pace I was going at was already pretty quick. So you might have a similar experience. Go about half the pace you started it going. The goal here is to feel the weight actually shifting into the foot and then feel yourself push through that foot to shift it to the other side. Feel that other foot catch the weight easily, right? And so you're sort of playing catch between your feet. And you are both the ball that's being thrown and the mitt that's catching. And you're both players. Notice how your breath can sync up with this movement. I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it. But notice there is the option to breathe with this movement. All right, and now you're going to let the weight shift a little bit more into your foot and take just a couple inch wider stance, throw the weight into the other foot, catch it, and then go literally an inch or two wider. I want you to take your time with this. You're just making a wider and wider stance, but you're throwing the weight very slowly back and forth as you do it. A little bit wider. You're going to have to start bending your knees at some point, and hopefully your whole body will start to participate. You can feel it ripple. The side body, the shoulders, the neck and the head. And eventually you're going to reach a width where you're like, that's about as wide as I can go. Where I can keep my balance from side to side, but it is a little bit of a reach with the leg. Guess what? That's about a good straddle, in case you're wondering. That's a great way to find a straddle position for, for our postures. So from that stance that you just found very therapeutically, the left foot can turn out a little bit, the right foot can turn in a little bit, and the hips are relaxed. In fact, they're so relaxed, do a little hulaing with your hips. Feel the hip sockets, both of them. Your stance, if it was too wide right now, you couldn't hula. You wouldn't be able to move those hips. If it's, if it's too narrow, this might not feel very engaging. So hopefully it's a little bit somewhere in between. And then let them come to center. We can have the hands on the sockets and just sort of tip and then tip the, let's say the, I, I think I'm on the same foot, which did I even say a foot? No. Okay, great. I The left, I said the left naturally mirrored. Good for me. Um, your right hip's going to tip up. And then I'm on, I want you to have your left hip tip as you bend the knee. So you're sort of like tipping, like you're going into trikonasana. And then you're sort of tipping it back like you're going to Vera too. And you're just trying to sync up the tipping of the hips with the bending of the knee. Next time you tip the hips, keep them tipped like you're going to Trikonasana, except bend the knee and let your body waterfall laterally. Catch the weight in that foot, push through the foot and send your body back up. Just do this a couple more times. Bend the knee, waterfall the weight into the foot. Push the foot and roll back up. I want you to, the, the goal here is to, to feel the ripple, to allow the spine to follow the hips, allow the hips to follow the feet. One more time, you're going to ripple up, 
And then the next time you sort of arrive down, you have that knee bent, your hips are tilted. This time, just slowly straighten, very slowly straighten the leg and don't ripple up. And you'll be roughly in what we would call trikonasana. This back arm can just do a couple of easy circles, like you're washing a huge window and let your arm be natural. Like how does it want to turn? Don't sort of lock it into place, but like let the arm open the chest. Yeah, so James, take it slower so that the arm actually ripples and stretches your chest. You can even come out of the pose as you come up. The next time the arm goes up, pause for just a moment up. Last breath. And then we're gonna push through the foot, ripple our way back up, relax. Feet turn forward, knees bend, the hips start to sink, and then really take your time sort of laying your spine down. Like I talked about last week, don't worry so much about the hamstring stretch here. Just sort of rotate around the legs. Let the stretch move around your hamstrings. Also feel just the pressure in the head. Feel the blood flow, you know, getting up towards the head. A nice sway. And then you're welcome to use your hands on your knees if there's any low back pain here at all. We're going to just press through the feet, tuck the tail, and roll up. You'll feel the pelvis pressing forward as you roll up. It sort of happens naturally. Great. Because we've been in this straddle for a while, we're going to heel toe in. Relax the legs for a second. Just bounce before we do the other side. It's sort of funny how long one pose can take when you just are having fun with that. On paper, it would say trikonasana, and that's it. Ah, let's breathe with it. Ah, last one. Ah, all right, other side. We're going to throw our weight side to side. Doesn't have to take as long, but I want you to take a few steps. Find that straddle. Rocking the feet a little, the right foot goes out, left foot turns in. And then just a couple of times, just sort of hula hooping the hips or hooling hip the hips, whatever you call it. Just feel both hip sockets. You can bend the knee here and then extend it, kick the hip up, kick the front hip, just sort of like lateral tilting the hips as you bend the knee. And then sort of the more important work here, we're gonna bend the knee and then laterally waterfall the spine and then try to press the foot first, let that extend the leg, let that extend the spine. And then that's it, just take your time with this one. See how therapeutic you can make it for your whole body. Basically laterally rolling the, the lateral edge of the body is really overlooked. It gets chronically shortened in most of us, most of the day. But the lateral edge of your body is what translates the front and back bodies. It's how the front and back work together. It mitigates the energy flow. It's the rhythm of walking. It has to also do with the way that the ribs can expand to help you breathe. So the lateral edge of your body is a big player. The next time you bend laterally towards that extended leg, pause or through the bent knee, sorry, pause for a second, and then slowly work the leg a little straighter. And then the purpose of the arm here is to shear the side body. So you want the circle of your arm to actually have an effect on your rib cage. It's a shearing action that allows those muscle fibers on the side body to release. They get chronically sort of matted together. And the next time the arm rolls up, you just sort of pause for a moment in stillness. Make sure the neck stays relaxed. It's easy to keep tension there unconsciously. Straightening the leg slowly, let it sort of reverse you for a minute. Awesome, and then back, heel toe, and finishing with some easy bouncing in place. Five, four, three, 
two and then slow it down and one. Okay. And we'll find our seats again. And we'll just take just a minute to do a little bit of pranayama. See, we're sort of taking the koshas in. We're starting from the physical, working with surrender, working with sensation and feeling. That'll allow us to work with our breath a little bit more effectively, and the breath will naturally lead us to meditation. And so we're just going to do some balanced breathing. Uh, the length of the breath here is simply based on optimal uh, breath flow for for, uh, for oxygen assimilation in the body. It's meant to be a natural experience of paraka and rechaka. We're going to start with a little bit of counting, but then I'm going to phase that out and make it more intuitive. But sometimes it can be nice to just have a place to start, especially if the mind is busy, to have something to, to work with in counting. Faith has been talking about that for a while now. So your seat should feel buoyant and light, especially now that the side bodies are released. Smoothing out the breath flow first, just making it smooth and even, not worrying about the length. There's so much juicy work right here and just smoothing out your breath. To feel that balance of, of using a little bit of effort to make it smooth, but also what does the breath wanna do on its own? How does it want to move? And that dance is really fruitful. We'll just do about six breaths together at this um, five and a half second rate. And if it feels uncomfortable in any way, totally ignore me. It'll be over in just a minute. But for a lot of people, it sort of gives them a, a gauge of, of what might be a more sustainable breathing pace. <clears throat> so as I count up, you can breathe in. As I count down, you can breathe out. One, two, three, four, five, five, four, three, two, one. One, two, three, four, five, five, four, three, two, one. One, two, three, four, five. Five, four, three, two, one. One, two, three, four, five. Five, four, three, two, one. One, two, three, four, five, five, four, three, two, one. Continue for another minute on your own pace.
And focus your awareness on the experience of balanced breathing. Feel that you're just breathing in a way that is incredibly sustainable. But notice that it takes a little bit of effort the whole way through the breath. And if you can allow the breath to be just a little bit slower without any strain, but slower because you're feeling it more, almost like you were breathing in slow motion. And try to fully participate in this moment to really take responsibility for how you feel. Does this way you're breathing feel good? Does it feel sustainable? Is it nourishing you? And if it's not, change it a little, you know, let it be more natural. And effortless bring, effortlessly bring the mantra, hum to the inhale, saw to the exhale. And from this space, we'll encounter the dharana. When breath is all out and stopped of itself, or all in and stopped, in such universal pause, one's small self vanishes. This is difficult only for the impure. In a few moments, we're going to be writing about this experience on some level, some kind of reflection. And so just take a, a moment here at the end to really focus on 
what it is you're experiencing to actually notice your experience. Why does this matter? What about this experience matters to you? You can allow the eyes to slowly open and see if you can keep your attention on the breath for just another couple minutes. Um, Marcella is going to give us a few sort of prompts uh, to inspire our reflection. And just to preface that, I like to think of the prompts as like a key to open the door as I start to write. So it's not so much what I can think of as much as the prompts are questions and then it opens the door to allow whatever feels natural to come through. Most of the time, it wasn't something that I was going to think of if I had just been thinking in my head. And I'll put the prompts in the chat box. Um, and there is a prompt about the sympathetic nervous system versus the parasympathetic. And we don't have to think about it too much, but what does the journey feel like to get from that heightened state to that more relaxed? state and how does that relate to the practice and then there's a couple other prompts there that you can look at and that you can use to guide you throughout the writing excellent thanks marcella um, we'll put the timer on the screen and our goal right now is to write for 10 minutes with very minimal attention to anything editing, you know, to really let yourself write without too much self editing so that you can feel your flow. Um, while we're doing that, I'm going to play that breathing track in the background. So if you'd like to try to breathe as you write, um, the bass notes ascending indicate inhaling and descending indicate exhaling. And so you'll, you'll hear that in just a moment. Oh. Actually, you won't hear that in a moment, so. Enjoy your own breath flow.
We're about halfway through the time. Two minutes.
wrapping up your thoughts if you are already wrapped up rereading what you wrote underlining finding a keyword and sharing that in the chat box And I can type whatever word y'all have or phrase is fine. Destruction is a form of creation. All right, Marcella, do you want to read some of these with me? I guess I'll read yours. Held. Endless. Bottomless, peaceful. Synthesis and equilibrium. Serene. Destruction as a form of creation. Shortcut to return to the present. Being calm during activity by watching the breath. Wonder-filled watching. Underwater. All right, so... Bit of a glimpse into our world over here. Um, no, okay, okay, all right. Time to move, time to go. Much okay, we have a poem. All right, uh, hey, Chris, why don't you read it for us? Why don't you start the comp, start it up if, if y'all can unmute. Sure. <laughs> Um, it goes, can you hear me okay? Yeah, pretty good. It goes, time to move, time to go, much to do, hold on tight. Sympathetic state, have some sympathy for the space already present. Smooth out, slow down, feel ground, relax. This is the most productive work. Parasympathetic state, be with ease, breathe bliss. All right. Stay there. Let's just chill for a second and reflect. Marcella, do you want to comment? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, I was just kind of curious what was coming up for you as you were writing that, if you wanted to talk a little bit more about writing that poem. I think I was going off of the prompt that you suggested um, with the two um sympathetic and parasympathetic states of our nervous system and i feel like it's the kind of process that i have to go through every time i sit down to meditate <clears throat> i feel like there's always for some reason like better things that i could be doing or like these sort of distractions of things that will take me away potentially from my seat and um it takes the insight of having some sympathy for what's already been cultivated, the space that's already um, inside of me and sort of recognizing that 
for me to get into a mode of um, slowing down, smoothing my breath, kind of like <clears throat> how it's being shared, like without effort um, or sort of trying to strain to like make the, the breath any longer, but um, feeling it, smoothing it with the um, sort of depth that it already has. <clears throat> and then I feel like as I continue to do that process, um, I feel my self-calm parasympathetic state become activated and but it, it seems very much like a sort of arc that I have to go through through most of my meditations yeah yeah that's great I love the uh sympathy for the space already present it's kind of like I feel like a lot of the times it can feel like uh during a busy day or like when you finally sit down to meditate at the end of a busy day or something it's like oh like I'm starting like I didn't realize I was in this elevated state all day and now I'm starting from zero but I like that having that like compassion for yourself already brings you into that like it opens you up to be ready for that like deeper state that was yeah I really like that part thanks so much Chris great uh sharing start off um is there anyone else that'd like to elaborate on their key words? And we have that option here, just so you know. Sympathy. Have some sympathy for yourself. Read your own work as if you're reading you know, your, uh, like, as if it was like your, your kids writing and you wanted them to feel really good about it. Read your own writing like that. So who wants to share their kids writing? It's not even yours. Oh, all right. Aritzi wants to share her kids writing. Yeah. You just got to click it on. I'm going to zoom in on her. it's a little quiet oh huh a little quiet i'll work on it it's definitely up right i think it's clicked upward is this better yeah oh that's okay i turned it off <laughs> um yeah so maybe it's because i've been in the ocean more lately but um it definitely felt like when i was moving from the sympathetic to the parasympathetic state more it felt like going underwater and um a lot of like the noise and um things around me just kind of slowly got muffled and then went away and um it was almost like i was just swimming in this state that was I said bottomless and endless. Um, and but it was like very peaceful. Uh, and um, I felt like I could stay there and explore. Like it wasn't a boring place to be. Uh, I felt like I could stay there for a very long time and, um, and just be. Yeah, that's great. I love the metaphor of going underwater. That's a really great like way to to get that imagery. Uh, I used to have a lot of dreams where I could like breathe underwater and I would just hang out under there. So that, that kind of brought that back to me for me. But yeah, that's really, really great imagery. Thanks for sharing. Uh, endless and bottomless. Definitely feel like the it's like a direction, right? It's like this whole thing is it's not like a destination it's like a direction and when you feel like that's the direction you're going it's good and you know in that quote earlier from babaji where he says um uh i'm not gonna go to the extent to pull it up but he said a lot of the when he's speaking to the person who said they feel a tightness in their heart and he was saying a lot of the the issues with that are the energy is going up it's going like the wrong way and he's going down 
you know, and it's sort of like you're saying bottomless and endless. It's like, oh, the energy is going down. It's going like you're, you know, it's pulling, drawing down through the heart towards the navel, grounding. And so, yeah, when we can feel that direction, it's that's like that seems to be like the thing we're we're searching for instead of like I'm there, you know, which I don't even know what that means, you know, in terms of meditation. Thanks for elaborating. It's great. Yogita's hand is up. <laughs> I didn't want to come to class tonight. We have a, a craft fair tomorrow and I'm not done. <laughs> so I wrote this speedy, so much to do, wanting to crawl out of my skin. Then stretching, calming, slowing the breath helps calm during activity, can be more effective and get more done than being frantic. I'm, I'm pretty simple, um, but I was chanting, but I wasn't breathing. And I noticed the difference in, when I started breathing. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel, feel that we've, I've been trying to move and also live in like kind of two places at once right now. And it feels like everything's kind of like moving and you're in that like rushing rushing state and I had kind of a similar experience where I was doing like Om Namah Shivaya mantra trying to like ground myself and I was like it, it wasn't connecting and I realized oh yeah my breath is like really shallow up up in my chest right now it was just that that breath piece was really important Yeah, it's funny how the the breath is almost this like foundational quality that we have to bring to any practice that we're doing when it's mantra or chanting or yoga or you know if the breath isn't if the breath isn't accounted for it's like the rest of the practices just don't seem to work you know it just seems to create like um tension um yeah and it's just uh it's nice to that's probably where the big yanabhairava starts with four dharanas directly about the breath before they talk about anything else how do you watch the breath when you're chanting orally? I think you just got to make time for it between the mantra you're chanting, right? So it's like if if you're, you know, the, the call and response gives you plenty of time, right? But I guess you're saying if you're you, like doing your practice at home by yourself, kind of, and you're just chanting out loud while you're working. Yeah, you're I, up. I, I had the music on and I was chanting but but i'm still getting more wound up <laughs> yeah 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 if you have the music on then then you probably got the call and response option you know like to let them call it and then you'll be the responder and then you have time to breathe yeah when i'm doing mantra that. when i'm working outside i i do it a lot slower than normal you know and i do take time in between each repetition and Cause you're right. It's real. It does get you sort of revved up. If you're not, if you don't, if you're breathing shallow, your nervous system just says like, Oh, like your body says, Oh, we, we don't have time to breathe right now. There, it's like your body's trying to figure it out in the dark and all it can feel is rapid breathing. And it's saying, Oh, we must need to be breathing rapidly right now. And then everything shifts to that sympathetic state. You know, it's almost like it's just reading these signals that we're sending it. So yeah, if, you, if you're not breathing, it's your nervous system doesn't know the difference. It just says, oh, okay, well, let's let's gear up. We probably have time for one more person to share anyone else wants to share something that they wrote or just in general about what they wrote? Hmm. I could share a little bit. Um, I wrote the wonder-filled watching um, and I, I chose um, your prompt about the kumbhaka because um, I felt like and I feel like this way a lot with uh, pranayama practices is that I start really strong, um, you know, trying to do it. 
um, especially with the counting. I just, it's uh, not my go-to, um, but it's always fruitful to give some space to it. Um, I find that I, I'll do the pranayama and I'll feel like I'm getting somewhere. And then pretty soon I just relax. Like, okay, maybe just like come back a little bit, get away from the doership or trying to make it exactly how I think it should be. And then when I let go of that, I can watch it. And then there's like a, a space, like um, when a kid notices something or and when you're a kid, or if you can remember that far back, noticing something you know nothing about, you're just watching and you're like, it's, it's wondrous. Um, that's what it feels like when I stop. And I could just stop the practice and it kind of has an effect and it goes naturally, but just taking that step back to, um, to try to witness it rather than do it. Um, and then from there, the stillness kind of comes and I can, I can feel that space and it's just something I can watch. It's not, might not be the most elevated state, but going from all of that doership to not doing. Um, there's like some magic when you get yourself out of it. Yeah, I, that was making me think of like the first kind of thought I had when you said remembering like a time for finding that wonder is just kind of like in nature like if there's like a really pretty sunset and it just really puts you back into that like oh wow this is really beautiful kind of state and it takes it from being like mundane to something that you're just really really present for and because I have the same experience with the counting it's kind of like okay I'm gonna do this like kind of mundane counting <laughs> exercise but yeah, no, I like that bringing that sense of wonder into it makes you almost like curious and like, like, oh, what, what is here to find? Yeah, that was really, I like that. I'm going to try that next time. I like that you pulled in the, I like that little kid. I, I was picturing the little kid, like watching like a backhoe operator, like just doing you know just these big machines that are so unfathomable to like a kid it's like watching a dinosaur eating and just the wonder is like the space of the witness that you're you were describing it as such you know and and how that's that that pause because when you really when you really are in wonder of something um time does stop so it's a really great um parallel to draw how when something's got you in awe, then it's like you really do step outside of the normal like chronology, you know, like a, your favorites, the first time you heard your a song that you would that would become your favorite song. It's like you don't know how long that song is. You don't even you don't everything stops around it. You were just in it, you know, and uh, that's it's cool that you're able to pull that concept into like to to sort of pull that experience out of the the space between the breath to to sort of draw it out into like an experience of our daily life that yeah, another way of seeing that that space so the and next time just, is, oh go ahead go ahead no no please i was just gonna throw in uh there that uh in between now and whenever we have the next uh, creative writing class if anybody feels inspired to uh, practice this a good way to like get prompts because it can be kind of scary to just be like okay I'm going to sit down and write is like when we're in our meditation or our philosophy class and those questions come up to just kind of take that and get into like a little bit of a meditative state or do it right after your meditation and take those questions and not feel like, oh, I have to answer this, but just let it be like that key to like open the door and just kind of see what's there. You could set a timer so that you don't worry about like how long it is. Um, just some inspiration in case anybody feels inspired to try it out on their own. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I don't, 
I've been writing a lot for philosophy for years, but um, sometimes you just sort of take it for granted what you're doing in these spaces. You think like, oh, I'm just reflecting on my experience. And then, but I think what Marcella's sort of talking about right now is that like, there's something bigger that you're doing when you take time to write about your experience. Like it's not just documenting it. It's actually like generating it on a certain level it's not just like a passive thing like oh journal about your day it's like if you actually meditate and you remain in that space and you and you try to put pencil to paper it's art like you're creating art and like we just take it for granted because words are so everywhere uh you know but there's there's something to this process that actually is really powerful you know but you know, it's hard to, it's hard to do it because we all like to consume art, but we don't always like to produce it because it's like, it takes so much more effort, but it's something there. I'd love to hear more people's poems about their experience. You know, I think there's, I wish there were more poems about this experience that we're all sharing that we could share with each other. Person, you know, I, I, I'm bored with hearing about poems about from people who don't meditate. I just, I, I don't know, what do I, you know, I'm just like, I want to hear from meditators and especially people in the Sangha, because then I really know, you know, that they meditate. So I would, I would personally love to hear more creative writing from our Sangha members. So thanks, Marcella. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for the extra couple minutes. Uh, thanks Shoshone for, for turning your video on. Good to see you all. Glad you could be here. Thanks for the contributions. Yogita, great to see you. Tatila, thanks for tuning in. Good to see you. You can see everybody here. You guys are on. Have a great weekend. See you Monday, if not sooner. Aloha. Namaste.